Dave Rubin announces that he is having twin babies. But wait, Dave Rubin is a man, and so is his boyfriend. But that hasn't stopped conservatives coming out of the woodwork to congratulate him, proving once again that conservatism does not equal Christianity. And are deathbed conversions actually a biblical concept? Stay with us as we look at these and other stories on the 511 News. Now, there are two kinds of people in the world, only two kinds, not black and white, not rich and poor. There are those who are dead in sin, and there are those who are dead to sin. After three nights of unbridled lawlessness across London, the contagion is spreading. The problem is that God has already judged this. He has judged murder already. I don't need to question it. I don't need to ask and wonder what his plan is. We're commanded as Christians not to participate in the works of darkness, but expose them. Welcome back to the 511 News. I'm your host, Chad Davidson of Good Fight Ministries. And on today's episode, we are going to look back at just the fact that conservatism simply is no longer a bastion for true conservative and Christian values, but really has become just as progressive than a lot of its liberal counterparts. And the reality is, is this has happened over the course of time with the acceptance of social and ideological ideas that do not match with the Word of God, and simply allowing and accepting values uncommon to what God's Word truly says and has allowed people to claim to be first Republican, then conservative, and now just anything you want is let's go for it, and as long as I care about free speech— I'm basically a conservative. And the truth is, for many Christians right now, I hope that you're in a place where you're seeing that really there's no camp for you. And the fact that there is this two-party understanding of a system that really there's no place for true biblical Christians in terms of looking at the landscape and saying, I can fall in line and be alongside and go arm in arm with this movement. And the reason for this is because we are not of this world. That is the reality. I'm not someone who has said, stay on the sidelines, don't get involved, and so forth. That's not been my typical modus operandi when it comes to pushing forth an understanding of where we stand politically. I do recognize that anyone that accepts the murder of innocent babies, I don't consider them someone that I can go arm in arm with alongside any moral compass. I also feel the same way about those who push homosexual marriage, transgender rights, and so forth. But sadly, that second part, the latter which I just spoke about, has been, sadly, a very common theme for so many that first claimed to be Republican, then conservative, and now even Christians. People who claim to be Christians claiming that we win the culture war by taking alongside homosexuals and trans people and saying, yes, they're on our side too because we can find some 
common ground to be on. And that is what has taken place in the recent announcement of Dave Rubin. For those who don't know Dave Rubin of the Rubin Report, Dave Rubin was a classical liberal. He was involved having a show on the Young Turks, I believe back in 2013, uh, alongside of them, even though he is Jewish and they seem to hate Israel, he did come out and say that a lot of the underpinnings that were going on there in terms of the Young Turks was that they were whitewashing some of the Hamas attacks and so forth. But nonetheless, he was involved with them. That was before he was, uh, or I'm sorry, that was after he was involved in shows like Hot Gay Comics and so forth. But nonetheless, he's someone who has left the Democratic Party and has become an outspoken person for mostly, he's what what is known for, I would say, mostly is free speech. That's his big shtick. He wants to make sure everyone has a right to talk and so forth. And why? while free speech is a great thing in a lot of ways, uh, the reality is, is that people have tied themselves and gone arm in arm with someone who is a practicing homosexual and not just for the purpose of sharing the gospel. And it is heartbreaking when we see that now, not only is he a practicing homosexual, but now he has announced alongside of his boyfriend that they are adopting what appears to be twins. Not only adopting, but they're basically using a woman's womb because, you know, homosexual sex only produces death, not life. So they are using a woman's womb and the semen from a man in order to have babies. And sadly enough, here are some of the people that were congratulating them. Another other than The Blaze, you know, Glenn Beck's TV station and news outlet. Glenn Beck, the practicing Mormon, who apparently is completely fine with homosexuals adopting children and using women because homosexual sex can't produce life. And I was always concerned, and and I want to get this out before I get deep in the weeds here. I have a passion for this because I was somebody, before I became an atheist, who believed as long as I was a conservative, pushing conservative Republican values, that therefore meant I was a Christian. And so what happened was, as someone who had conservative values, I then thought that was my salvation only to find out when things stop going your way, the God that you build up that is accepting of everything that your wicked heart is accepting of and denigrates all the things that you denigrate, he really doesn't exist. And when you build up that straw man of a God and don't have your prayers answered because your prayers are an abomination to him, then and only then did I become an atheist and then eventually come to know the one true God, the true Christ. When I see so many, just like Glenn Beck, and when I came to Christ, I used to love Glenn Beck. I used to watch him all the time. But when I came to Christ and saw the ecumenical nature of so much of the stuff on Blaze, and when I came to Christ and saw that he was a Mormon and didn't have the one true God, when I came to Christ and recognized that he was having, I mean, Christians come and say, yeah, we're all worshiping God. He was getting guys like Kirk Cameron involved to help put out movies about, you know, reviving the country and having a revival here. But I don't want a revival with Mormons. I'm I'm sorry. That's not what I want. I want true people coming to Christ and hearts to be changed. And I recognize that the Bible is true, just as it prophesied that Jesus 
was going to come, the Messiah would come and die on the cross, that same Jesus was prophesied that he is going to come back. And he is going to come back not after we have taken over the earth, controlled it, and eventually everyone is now Christian so Jesus can come back and party with us. But no, I recognize that things will get worse and worse and the gospel be preached to all nations and then the end will come. And so this was something that I recognized immediately. This is a spiritual issue and so many Christians are being hoodwinked by a Mormon an ecumenical one at that, who apparently is totally fine with homosexual men using women in order to adopt. Megan Kelly. Now, she has fallen off for a lot of conservatives because of her row with none other than President Donald Trump. Of course, Prager U was another one who gave their congratulatory memeage on the post there by Dave Rubin. Prager you, I you know, sadly, I'm not expecting much more. Don't get me wrong. I've liked a lot of different things that Dennis Prager has done. I recently watched him at an event, and sadly enough, the gospel was not truly preached to him. And when he brought up things against the Bible, I thought a very inadequate job was done by that person who was supposed to be on the Christian side, specifically when it deals with the deity of the Messiah and not understanding how to explain that better to a non-believing Jew. But nonetheless, it's still heartbreaking and still sad that these are so many of the bastions of hope for the conservative party. But what about Turning Point USA's own Rob Smith? Of course, he would give a congratulations to Dave Rubin because I'm sure Rob Smith would love to adopt as well because Rob Smith himself is a homosexual. And Rob Smith, to this very day, is still right there up on the Turning Point USA contributors as a speaker. And in fact, when it talks about his accomplishments, right under him being in the force, armed forces, it says that he is, quote, an activist in the movement to repeal the don't ask, don't tell law, which barred open service by gay and lesbian soldiers. So that's what he is, big shtick is, I guess. That's what they say. This is what he's doing. He's making sure that homosexuals can fight for our country, and that's what he wants. But that's not all. That's not all that Mr. Rob Smith has come out and said, because Rob Smith doesn't just claim to be a conservative. Rob Smith, as you'll see in this video, claims to be a Christian. Oh, so since you're straight, you think that you're going to tell me that I can't have a relationship with God? Yo, there seems to be a lot of conversation on social media, the internet, and everywhere else about my relationship with God. You hear me? My relationship, not yours, not Jesse Lee Peterson's, not anybody else, mine. So let me be clear. There is nobody that is of this earth that can tell me that I cannot have a relationship with God. And for all of you fake hateful, non-tolerant Christians out there talking about, oh, well, since he's gay, he can't, you know, be a real Christian or he can't go to church or he can't love God or he can't be married or he can't be this or that or that. Why are you so bothered by me? Why are you so triggered by my relationship with God? The craziest thing about all of you haters is that you will be out here addicted to internet porn, um, fornicating, uh, having sex before marriage, shacking up with people, getting abortions, like doing all of this crazy stuff, but yet 
you sit here in judgment of me because I talk about my relationship with God and I happen to be gay. You look crazy. Actually, they don't look crazy. Well, I guess they could if they are practicing those things. But instead of getting my reply, let me give you a reply straight from the Apostle Paul. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, it says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, as he mentioned, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor homosexuals, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You see, those who are practicing these things, those who continue to walk in them, that the narrative of their life is that they've given into sin, that they do not pick up their cross and carry it daily, that they haven't first sit down and ca- sat down and counted the cost to see if they have enough to finish the job, to actually be a disciple of Christ, those people who simply have a profession or idea or really, remember what it said right there? Neither fornicators nor idolaters, before we get to adulterers, idolatry, forming a God in your own image, that is idolatry. Before we even get to the homosexuality, the idolatry here is keeping you, Rob Smith, from the kingdom of God. And so when I see this text making it so clear, abundantly clear, that those practicing these sins will not inherit the kingdom of God, it is unloving for someone to simply say, oh, you know what, you're just fine. Come alongside us and speak at our conferences. Let me use you as a puppet, because that's exactly what you're being used as. You're used as from the conservative party. See, we accept homosexuality. Everything's just fine on this side. Just like when Trump was holding up his flag that said LGBTQ for Trump and so forth, that, oh, we'll be okay with this. This is just fine. But the reality is it's the most unloving and disgusting thing that you can do if you're a true Christian who has read this in Scripture and read the promise in the very next verse, but do not want those who are practicing those things to ever get to the promise. Because here's what the promise is right after that. Such were, were, past tense, you are no longer, such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified. That's a Basically, you becoming holy, you becoming more and more like Jesus. You were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the spirit of our God. Hey, by the way, who's 1 Corinthians written to? Is it written to non-believers? Absolutely not. 1 Corinthians is written to the church of Corinth, and it is warning those in the church that when there are people practicing these things— They need to know they are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. So when we think that we can come alongside, yoke ourselves together with someone who is practicing wickedness, claiming to be a Christian, and even, even correcting, not biblically, what the Bible says the word of God should be used for in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, instead of using the word of God for what it should be used for in that correction and the training of righteousness so every man could be adequately equipped for every good work, instead of using it for that, he's simply saying, well, everyone's a hypocrite, so I can be a hypocrite too. It's actually, I'm sorry, Rob, all those people you named, they are in the same boat as you. 
So it's not just one sin over the other. It's the fact is, if there's some guy fornicating and bragging about his fornication on there, online, and being involved in that, thinking that you're winning the culture war doing this, guys, we are doing not only a disservice, but it is actually, it comes to the place where we are actually being evil, coming alongside someone who is practicing these things and just simply saying, yep, you can be a conservative right alongside me. And in fact, when you look at this clip, that's exactly what is going on here because when we get to this clip, and I, I think the guy asking the question could be disingenuous as well for his own Catholic reasons, but nonetheless, this clip right here is from a couple years ago at a conference in which Charlie Kirk was apparently running against the culture war, and the question was asked, how homosexual sex helps us as conservatives, and I don't even, I don't even want to put myself in that camp anymore, win the culture war. How does homosexual sex do that? And here is their answer. So can I, can I ask you a question? Can you have the balls to ask the gay man on the stage that question and don't sure. defer to him? If, so if, ask, so, so, so yeah. ask me that question. I will answer you that question. How so does... I'm gonna, no, 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 no. How I'm going to ask you. You already asked the question, so I'm going to answer that question. I'm going to ask you that question. This is America. This is the greatest freaking nation in the world. We realize that America is great because we have Western values. We realize that... No, no, let me finish, dude. We realize that gays and lesbians are able to contribute to American society in the same way that everybody else is. And let me tell you, and let me tell you, when you continue doing that, okay, you realize that we are here, we are able to do everything. And let me tell you something as well. I served in the military, right? I served five years. I did an Iraq turn. What's up? How does homosexual sex help us win the culture war? Who said homosexual sex helps you win the that culture war? That's the question that I'm asking. Why are you promoting it? Well, it's a it's a question, and you know it is. It's not it's it's a question that is not so be no. it's not it's not a good faith question. So I'm gonna be honest. Like honestly, I don't care what two consenting adults do. So that's that's the whole thing. And and you you're, you're, you're hyper focus on it is kind of weird thanks for i mean you here. seem to be you seem to be really interested in gay sex i'm pretty sure if you're if you're into that you can go find somebody to do it with i don't know maybe i'm not here to tell anybody what to think or what to believe but for me somebody like that doesn't really have any place in the conservative movement because it's something that is so so behind the times and you can boo and you can do whatever you want to baby because i'm gonna be me and i'm still here so behind the times. How many times have, have people that are for homosexual marriage and so forth told the Christians and the conservatives, the former conservatives, I guess, whatever you may call them, told them that they're not on the right side of history. They're just behind the times. You shouldn't be involved in the conservative movement because guess what? You're not for homosexuals sitting on stage winning the culture war alongside the Charlie Kirks of the world, who, by the way, yes, that is a clip from 2020, but nonetheless, he's still a speaker for Turning Point USA. He's still promoted by them. He still speaks at all their engagements, and he still promotes the adoption of children to homosexual couples, which is child abuse. That's what that is. And guys, this is important for us to really draw a line here and recognize 
that we want to win the Jesus culture war. We want to be on his side. And the patented arguments that you heard there, and I don't, you know, sometimes you're caught off the cuff and you say really dumb things because that was really dumb to say something like, well, maybe you're just weird, you know, maybe you're just gay. Maybe that's the secret. You're asking me about homosexual sex because you're gay. By the way, not an uncommon email or hate mail sent to us when we come out against pornography, when we come out against homosexuality, fornication, and so forth. Oh, maybe it's because you're doing these things. This is a patented argument from disgusting people. So to say those sorts of things when your entire conference is about a culture war, winning the culture war, and to win that culture war, we need to have homosexuals on our side. Guys, I don't believe that that is true. We need to win them to Christ because it is a perversion. According to scripture in Romans chapter one, it is unnatural. It's an unnatural perversion. All sexual sin is a sin against your own body. We shouldn't be bragging about this, having this alongside of us, calling it locker room talk, which plenty of people did that for the former president when he was talking about adultery and so forth. And guys, this is what we need to stand up against because we need to recognize that the Bible is our standard. And if we're Christians, then forget it. When the party moves away from the things that you believe, get out of it. Get away from it and run from it as fast as you can. For the last few minutes, I wanted to talk about something more personal to me Not that the last subject wasn't, but something going on in my life and something I've been thinking about a lot. Since I was a young boy, I was helped raised by my grandfather. For most people who knew me as a young kid, they would see my grandpa at all my baseball, football practices, wrestling matches, and so forth. Uh, I had a a nickname uh, in high school, so my grandpa would bark like a dog when I would when I would wrestle, and we are we were very 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 close. And at a young age, my grandpa was led to the Lord, a younger age, uh, by a man named Louis Zamperini. Uh, many people have heard about him from his story, um, Unbroken, that was written by Laura Hildebrand and then turned into a movie. Um, but I had heard those stories growing up. And even though I didn't come to faith as a young person and my grandpa fell away and was not walking with the Lord for many, 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 many years of his life, there were seeds that were planted by uh, Louis that I believed helped take root not only in my life, but also in my father's life, uh, who would later come to Christ as well. And it was very important to me that my grandfather, after I came to Christ, that he would come to know Jesus uh, in in a true, real way uh, with a repentant faith uh, that I didn't see growing up. Even though he's very close to me, I never saw that. And something I had prayed for that is a weird prayer for some people, uh, is simply the prayer that I would have a chance uh, to be next to him on his deathbed. And so for the last few days, and until he does pass, I will be next to my grandpa on his deathbed. And even though you pray for something and God gives you the answer, sometimes it's not the easiest thing. But I have to be honest, the last few days have been some of the most joyful of my life, being able to sit next to him, um, grab my worship guitar and 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 sing some worship songs to him, and and really know that he's going to be with Jesus. And it has been a sweet, sweet time of just us talking about the Lord, uh, him telling me 
a regret that he has uh, that I hope that nobody here has, and that is, he said, I wish I could have brought people to know Jesus Christ. And I explained to him that even though it wasn't him that ultimately led me to Christ, but it was him knowing his love and a couple of warnings he gave to me when I was an atheist drunkard on a couch one time, but nonetheless, um, just to see him. And so I was thinking a lot about deathbed conversions and whether or not they're actually biblical. Now, I would say this is a situation where we've been feeding in, specifically my father and myself, and and my uncle as well and, and others, been feeding into his life uh, for a number of years trying to make sure he's right with the Lord. And I do believe that to be true at this very moment. And it's meant more to me than just about anything. And so I wanted to read from a couple of texts. Obviously, for you, I, I pray that the people around you, you're not just waiting for a deathbed, um, you know, because I had plenty of conversations leading up and so forth, because the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 1 and 2, that now is the day of salvation. It says in Hebrews chapter 3, do not harden your hearts right now, not this day. Do not harden your hearts. You got a chance. Don't do it. So don't come to a place because most people don't know the day that they're going to die or the hour or the week and so forth. But I was looking at a few texts, uh, obviously Isaiah 53 verse 9, when speaking of the prophecy of who Jesus would be around when he died, it says, And his grave was assigned with wicked men, yet he was with a rich man in his death, because he had no violence, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. Written 700 years before Jesus would come. And then in Matthew 27, 57 through 61, we get to see the fulfilled prophecy of the rich man there, but not the wicked men. It says, Now when it was evening, a rich man from Arimathea came named Joseph, who himself had also become a disciple of Jesus. This man went to Pilate and asked him for the body of Jesus. Then Pilate ordered it to be given to him. And Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his new tomb, which he had cut out on the rock. And he rolled a large stone against the entrance of the tomb and went away. This was the prophecy. That's part of the prophecy. But what about those wicked men he was going to be around? Well, Matthew 27, starting at verse 33, tells us, And when they came to a place called Golgotha, which means place of the skull, they gave him wine to drink and mix with gall. And after tasting it, he was unwilling to drink. And when they had crucified him, they divided up his garments among themselves by casting lots. And sitting down, they began to keep watch over him there. And above his head, they put the charge against him, which read, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. At that time, two robbers were crucified with him. There's the wicked men. And one on the right hand and one on the left. And those passing by were hurling abuse at him, wagging their heads and saying, You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. And in the same way, the chief priests also, along with the scribes and the elders, were mocking him and saying, He saved others, yet he cannot save himself. He is the king of Israel. Let him now come down from the cross and he will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he delights in men. For he said, I am the son of God. Verse 44, the robbers who had been crucified with him were also insulting him with the same words. Now, if I left it at that, you may think that those robbers, both of them, ended up apart from Jesus when they died. But when we have the fourfold gospel put together and we get to see Luke's commentary, on what took place. This is what it says. When they came to the place called the skull, they, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garment among themselves. And the people stood by looking on and even the rulers were sneering at him saying, he saved others, let him save himself. If this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. 
The soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him. This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered and rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed are suffering justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus, remember me when you come to your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you, today you shall be with me in paradise. You see, that is us today, whether you're in the on the deathbed or whether you're walking down the street right now, you need to decide which thief you're really going to be. Because ultimately, every one of us has a death date, and God knows it. And the reality is, is that you need to make that choice and do exactly what he did. Recognize that you deserve condemnation and look to Jesus and cry out because the debt was paid, the fine was paid on your behalf. Put your trust in him for he is good. And when God sees you on judgment day, he won't see you and all your wicked deeds. What he will see is his son, Jesus, to tell us die, paid in full. This is Chad Davidson, and this is the 511 News. The 511 News with Chad Davidson has been brought to you by Good Fight Ministries, bringing you news and commentary from a Christian perspective. This show can be heard every Friday wherever podcast shows are available or visit 511news.org. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to being with you next week on the 511 News.